Get your license to design with the Cisco Certified Design Expert, episode 94. Welcome back, my friends, nerds, geeks, and Ziglets out there. We have another episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where Zigabytes are faster than those gigabytes. Hey, we strive to provide you real-world context around technology. What's up, everybody? I hope everyone is doing great today. Zig Ziga here, and welcome to episode 94 of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast. Once again, I am Zig Ziga. I am here to help you with network engineering, network design, and network architecture. And today, we're actually going to talk about something that I'm super, super passionate about, and that is the Cisco Certified Design Expert Certification. Now, we're going to kind of cover where we're at with that certification, what's going on with it, and what's transitioning when we get into the version three part of that certification that's coming out later this year, just a couple more months, November 2nd, the CCDE version three is coming out. And then we're going to be taking a whole different exam format, different exam technology lists, blueprints. And that's what we're going to try to cover today. High level, what it's going to be, what it's going to be like, and what you need to study to be successful on this exam. Get your license to design. Uh, that Obviously, that's a huge, huge implication there, right? The Cisco Certified Design Expert Certification, the CCDE, get your license to design. That certification right there gives you that license to design. But it's more important than that, right? That's a tagline that's more important than just getting your license to design. It's actually understanding all the different design elements. It's more than just the technology, it's more than just the technology. It's all about how you think about things, what you ask, what you understand. It's all about your design mindset. All right. So as we jump in here today, a couple of things. Why should you care about network design? Why should you go after this certification, the CCD, the Cisco Certified Design Expert Certification? Do you fully understand every design decision you make? And honestly, answer that, that question to yourself, right? Do you fully, truly understand every design decision that you make? Are you making bad, bad network designs? And what I mean by that is that are your network designs failing? Are you actually creating network designs that are having design failures? If any of these questions and any of the answers that you answered yourself... If you resonate with any of this, this episode is for you. So we're going to start out here with why. And, and, and I like to use my own examples, right? So network design, not even the Cisco Certified Design Expert certification, but network design changed my career. But more importantly than that, and I know that's a pretty big statement, right? But more importantly than that, it changed my entire life. So I'm going to foot stomp that. I'm going to emphasize that one more time. It changed my entire life. When I started out in this, this field almost a little over 20 years ago, my focus, my focus was on the command line. It was on the CLI. It was on the commands and it was on the protocols. It was not on network design. Not even a little bit, not even a little smidge. It was not on network design. And I used to be the because it's the best practice person. Oh, we do this. We do this design decision or this design choice because it's the best practice. I read it in that vendor document. I read it in that vendor design document, whatever it might be. And it says it's best practice, air quotes, best practice. So that's how I justified 90% of my design choices. 
and I'm not kidding, 90% of my design choices. And to be really blunt and transparent, as always, my mindset, my mindset was wrong. You don't want to be justifying design decisions only based on best practices. In the simpler way of doing this, right, I lost sight of what really, truly mattered. And I'll give you guys a minute. Can you imagine? Can you think of what truly, really matters here? And that is the why. Why do we do this? What is the purpose? Why are we building networks? Why are we building designs? Why are we making design decisions? That's the question, and that's what this is all about. That's what the CCDE, the Cisco Certified Design Expert, that's certification. That's what it's all about. All right, so the what now, right? We talked about kind of the why. We, we kind of emphasize that, right? And hopefully you all understand. Hopefully you can resonate with the why. Why is this certification important? Why is it important not just the certification, but to understand why we are designing networks? Why are you making design decisions? And we'll answer those questions as we go through here. But you have to at least understand that you have to ask why. If you do not know why, then we're disconnected. We have to understand why. We have to ask why over and over and over again. And in some cases, when we ask why, we don't want to use the word why. We want to be a little bit more tactful with our questions. We want to kind of drive those questions on our customers and our situations and our scenarios. All right, so what's the what, right? The CCD, and I'll do my best to compare and contrast or at least call out the huge differences between the Cisco Certified Design Expert version two, which is currently active today, and then the CCDE, the Cisco Certified Design Expert Certification version three, which comes out November 2nd, 2021. So just a couple months away. All right, so for both of them, the CCDE is a vendor agnostic expert expert level certification focused on network design. All CCD candidates must have a broad knowledge of technical technology operations. So really what that means is you have to understand the theory, the ins and outs of that protocol. So pick a protocol. If you can't explain the processes, if you can't explain that protocol to someone that's non-technical, then you probably need to go back and understand the theory better. You also, at the same time, have to understand the strengths of that protocol and the weaknesses. The strengths and the weaknesses. And because eventually you're going to compare that protocol to other protocols. All right. And I like to use the, uh, an example as always. So if I'm taking an IGP and I'm going to pick an IGP to solve a design situation, you know, I'm going to be comparing OSPF with EIGRP with ISIS, right? And I want to compare the strengths and weaknesses of those three protocols and even BGP potentially as an IGP. There are some use cases there for that as well. I jump ahead though. So the CCDE, when we compare, right, we're talking about what the CCDE is, is here, the ovary, but, but there's always this question is what's the difference? What is the difference Zig, between the CCDE and the CCIE? So when we put them together and we compare them, the CCIE is the how. And the CCDE is the why. Make sense? So that's a quick identification and difference. The CCIE is the how, and the CCDE is the why. All right, so what else do we have here? So you need, as a CCDE, as a candidate, as a network designer, like it's all roped together, you need to be able to compare technologies and architectures. That's, that's, that's the key critical aspect here. Which option 
is better, but not just better, right? But why? Why is it better? You have to answer the why. Now, this is a mind shift, mindset shift. This is a 100% mindset shift in how we have been taught. When I started out 20 years ago, I wasn't taught this. I had an implementation mindset. I did not have a network design mindset. And that's what I like to call this. Your mindset shift has to shift to a network design mindset. CCD works on the border between business and network. What I really like to call that here is the CCDE bridges the gap, right? Network design and the CCDE bridge the gap between the technology slash architectures, whatever you want to use there, whatever technologies versus architectures, but it bridges that gap between technology and the business. We're analyzing and optimizing existing environments, right? So we're going to be brought in as designers, as design experts. We're going to analyze the current environment and then make optimization decisions to make things better. Maybe it's as simple as tweaking a protocol. We're going to make things before we break things. Now, that's a common thing, I think. We're not going to go in and break something, right? That's the whole point. We're not trying to break anything. We're trying to fix the design failures. We're trying to implement a better design. We're going to make it before we break. We're going to fix design and operational issues, right? So sometimes our design decisions, they may not be the preferred design decision for a long-term solution, but they might be the preferred design decision for the short-term solution with a long-term plan. We might have to put a Band-Aid on an issue to get things back up and running and then have a longer-term plan to fix the underlying issue that we can then remove that Band-Aid. We're also concerned with manageability and what are the options for that scenario, that design situation to manage the solutions, the staffing, the management cost. Not, not, and cost is not always monetary. Cost is resources and staffing and time. And then I already kind of talked about cost, but consider the actual dollar cost. Make cost-benefit analysis, right? That's the key. We got we to compare the cost and what the benefit is. But it's also not just cost. Cost can also be something else here because we're going to talk about cost, but also complexity. Usually when you start making something more involved than it was, it gets more complex and it gets higher cost. So those things kind of are interchangeable at times. Design choices based on business and technical requirements. And really the foot stomp here, the last one is ask the why questions. Remember, we have to understand why. We have to be able to articulate why that protocol is better in this situation, why that design decision is better in that situation. So we can tell that customer, tell that scenario, tell our teammates, tell our friends that we know why this this design decision is going to be successful. All right, so that's the why. That's the what, right? Now we're going to talk about the how. How to obtain the CCDE certification. There is a qualification exam for the version 2. So CCDE version 2 has a qualification exam. I don't know how long the exam is, but it is a written exam. You go and take the written exam. You pass the written exam, and then you can schedule your practical exam. And currently for version 2, I believe there is one last testing day in October of this year. So if you don't have that scheduled already, and maybe you're already looking to go and get that scheduled, I would get it scheduled now. Those dates are going to run out. Those testing spots are going to run out as soon as they open up because it is an eight-hour, nine-hour exam at these testing centers. So in the version two exam, this is where we're going to compare and contrast the two different versions of these exams. In the version two of the CCD practical exam, 
The practical exam is done at a professional Pearson View location. They are not done anywhere else. So you have to actually go to a professional Pearson View location, and you do your first half of the exam in the morning. And in some cases, you have lunch. Uh, I think it depends on the testing center if you have lunch there or you can leave. So I don't know the di- the, dif- the differences between an, you know, different countries, different testing lo- locations might provide lunch or you might have to bring lunch, et cetera. But then you come back in the afternoon and you take the rest of the exam, the, the rest of the, the four-hour exam. And if you, know, you pass the written, you pass the practical, then you're certified. You're a Cisco certified design expert. That's the version two. And then the version three is a little different. The CGD written exam is no longer called the qualification exam. They got rid of that part. It's going to be called the written exam for version three. And that number is 400-007-007. You know, get your license to design. Makes sense, hopefully. Hopefully that, that marketing situation there. And then once you pass the written exam, at, again, that's going to be at any Pearson View location. Then you can schedule the practical exam. But that is actually going to be done at a Cisco lab environment where you have where you take your CCIEs today. So they're actually bringing in the CCD practical exam in-house into an in-house testing location. And so you have to fly to one of those approved CCIE lab locations and then you know plan to be there for a day and then fly back or whatever, fly back the next day. And then from a, a structure perspective, we'll get into a little bit, but the practical has some differences. The version three has some changes compared to the version two, but let's say you, you do, you're successful on the practical exam, then you're certified. You get your Cisco certified design expert certification. That's the high level overview. And we're going to get into some details, some key aspects here. You pass the written, you pass the practical, and this is specific to the version three certification. You need a written pass score required to schedule the practical, which is, I think that everyone understands that. If you don't, please reach out. The CCD written is valid for three years. So you take the written, you pass it, it's valid for three years. There's currently a 12-month eligibility extension. If you've passed the written between March 2017 and March 2020, you get a 12-month eligibility extension for the practical. Now, with version three, passing the CCD written results in the actual Cisco Certified Specialist certification plus a badge. Just passing the written, you actually get a certification as a specialist certification, and you get a little badge, one of those little badges that you get with your CCNA and CCMP and whatnot today. This is going to be issued to current CCD certified individuals like myself and anyone that's got a passing score on the CCD written within the valid period of time at the time of issue. They're going to give out some of these badges and they're also going to give out some additional specialist certifications if you pass the written, which is kind of cool, you know, kind of incentivize us to keep going and whatnot. Some practical exam information. I will do my best to compare and contrast. The practical exam structure is going to be different. So let's start with version two real quick. Version two, we have, you're going to go on site at a professional Pearson View location. You have four scenarios and you have eight hours to do them in. You have two scenarios to do in the morning session. That's a four hour block of time. Uh, and then you have two scenarios to do in the afternoon session, another four block of time. Now there are no time limits with each scenario. So if you spend three hours on one and then one hour on the other, that's perfectly fine on version two today. Same thing in the afternoon. You could spend an hour on the first scenario and three hours on the second scenario. The whole point is you have to complete two scenarios in four hours. And and honestly, you want to be mindful of time management. We're not talking about strategy here, but you really got to be mindful of time management. For version two, 
It's all using the same blueprint. All technologies can apply in any of the scenarios. You have one massive blueprint, and then you're going to be given a scenario, and then you're going to go into any technologies that they cover within the blueprint on that scenario. You're not going to really know until you start reading the scenario what you're going to cover. And then you're not going to really know what the questions are going to go down, and they could give you more information. So maybe it could be an enterprise scenario, and they could dive into server fighters technologies halfway through because that's what they can do right now. Moving forward into version three here, the structure is going to be a little different. I already talked about where you're going to take the exam, which is at a, as a Cisco lab facility, a CCI lab location. There's still four scenarios, but the first thing is they're breaking the content within those scenarios up and the technologies within different kind of categories. So the first category is called exam topics, and there's going to be a unified exam topic list. I'll have it in the show notes so you can access it, take a look at it, but it's a unified exam topic list for all scenarios. So all of the topics in this list are, could be on all four scenarios. Then we have a technology list category. In the first three scenarios, now I don't know the order per se, but three of the four scenarios are going to be following the core technology list, which is vendor agnostic. The core technology list. Again, I'll have all these links in the show notes. The fourth scenario, again, I'm not sure if the order matters here, but the last scenario, depending on where it is in the day, is actually going to be what they call an area of expertise scenario, which means you actually get to choose what that scenario is going to be focused on. And they have a list of area of expertise. And I'll get, in, I'll get into that in a minute so I can tell you some examples of that. But the point here is that you have three scenarios out of the four that are going to be following the core technology list, which to be really blunt here, it's, it's really enterprise. It's enterprise focused on the core list. And then the area of expertise is not necessarily enterprise focused. It could be other technology focused like large scale networks, which is service provider. And we'll get, I'll give it into an example and I'll list it all off so you can hear it in a minute. The format is still scenario-based for all four scenarios. The total exam time is eight hours still. Now, here's a big change, is you're going to have a max amount of time per scenario now. You have two hours per scenario. That is a limit. You cannot go over that limit. And then if you do finish a scenario early, maybe you do it in 90 minutes, you cannot move that time that you had left over to another scenario. So the point here is that you have two hours, I would use the two hours, and then I would move on to the next scenario, use the two hours, etc. Same thing as the version two here, you cannot go backwards. So once you answer a question, that question is now locked, and you, you hit next, and you cannot go back through the, the past questions. And then the point values are hidden, just like the same for version two as well. Point values are hidden. Hopefully I covered some of those examples up pretty quick. From a formatting uh, practical exam scenario slash scoring perspective, high level. We don't know numbers. We don't have you know hard facts here in terms of what the cut scores were going to be, whatnot. But we do know that there's going to be a min score per scenario and a pass score overall. And then the entire exam is going to have a pass score, right? So you're going to have to hit a minimum score on each scenario. And then you have a cumulative pass score for the entire exam to be certified, be, to become a Cisco certified design expert. We talked about those area of expertise options a little bit, and I want to go into them a, a little bit more detailed here. So these are going to be the that that final or fourth scenario. Again, I'm not sure if the order is going to matter here. I'm not. That might be number one, scenario one that you take it. It might be scenario three. It might be scenario two. I don't know. It might be your last scenario, but you're going to have an option to pick what you want to focus on on one scenario. And right now, well, right, right now, they are on-prem and cloud services, 
workforce mobility, and then large-scale networks. So we've highlighted the CCD for the last you know, 10 years or so that it's a vendor-agnostic certification, and it still is. The core technology list of the three scenarios that you're going to take first, um, they're vendor-agnostic. That core technology list is vendor-agnostic. Here, for the area of expertise, large-scale networks is vendor-agnostic. The other two options are not vendor agnostic. So if you are someone that wants to maintain being vendor agnostic, you can take the large scale networks as your area of expertise. And now you have a full vendor agnostic certification for yourself to take. One other item to call out here is that once again, the core technology list is enterprise focused. That means there's really no service provider technologies on that list. Sure, you're going to see MPLS. You're going to see probably L3 VPNs. You're not going to see um, care supporting carrier. You shouldn't see NRAS options. You shouldn't see multicast VPNs. You shouldn't see segment routing. You should see all of those on the large scale networks scenario. If that's where your area of expertise of choice. All of these areas of expertise actually have their own blueprint or own technology list. And I'll have links to them so you can quickly look at it and be like, hey, this is perfect. I can do this. Or hey, I know nothing about large-scale networks. Let me do workforce mobility. You know, you can kind of pick and choose, which honestly I think is awesome. You get a choice now and you didn't never had a choice before. You have some kind of choice into this process. The technology list augments exam topics. The whole point is the exam topics describe typical tasks of a network designer. The technology list define potential technologies. It just helps to focus study. So you don't need to necessarily focus on workforce mobility if you're focusing on large-scale networks, if that's what you're going to do. I already mentioned this, the for version 3, the project I'm moving in-house in November 2021. It's going to be the same locations as the CCI labs exams. Uh, the scheduling is going to be done in the CCIE CC portal. Registration will open 90 days prior to exam day. The pricing and payments are all going to be aligned to the CCI lab exam. That's the whole point. They're bringing it into the CCIE kind of process. At launch, they're planning to do six yearly administrations for this exam. And if anyone has been doing this for a while, there have been three, maybe four practical dates every year for the CCD. Here at launch, they're going to actually go to six already. So almost doubled. If it was three, it would be doubled. If it's four, it's not doubled, right? But the whole point is that they're going to add more out of the gate, which is going to be huge for people to take the exam. Their aim is to provide the exam results within 48 hours. So here we're going to get the results pretty quick again, not instantaneous, but hey, 48 hours works for me. Um, waiting 10, 12 weeks is not helpful for anyone and their mindset and then having to revamp, revamp themselves back up, re-ramp themselves. Yeah, so it's it, 48 hours is great. So what else here? Increased focus on business strategies and impact. We've already kind of talked about that. The CCDE is bridging that gap between technology and business. Some recommendations before we kind of wrap up today. You do not have to have a CCIE to take the CCDE. There's a lot of people out there that actually take the CCDE, pass it without having any CCIE. If I talk from my personal experience, I had two CCIEs. I still do, but I had them when I was going after the CCDE and it actually hurt me. I was too stuck in the implementation mindset. It took me a while to kind of come back up, get some air, and start thinking from a network design mindset perspective. You have to know the technologies. does not mean you have to implement the technologies. And no configuration skills are tested. You do not have the CLI. You do not have commands. You're not going to run them on a 
but you do need to know the features and the functionalities and what they do. What does a route reflector do? Doesn't mean you need to know the configurations to enable a route reflector. But what does a route reflector do? For OSPF, what does LSA Type 3 filters do, right? What does that do? You don't need to know the configurations to enable it. What does it do and why would you use it? That's the kind of stuff that you need. Uh, you're going to analyze and translate business requirements into the solutions, which we already talked about that. I've been harping on it. We are bridging the gap between technology and business. Knowing how things work in, in the field is a plus. So I like that one, but I like to emphasize this a little bit further. You know, feel free to lab things out when you're studying. Some people kind of shy away from that. I found that was extremely useful for me just to learn that technology further. Some of the technologies you don't do on a daily basis, like multicast for me, I can't stand multicast. I don't work on it on a daily basis. So I have to relearn it every time I'm studying for something and kind of re-enfocus it. So I'd like to go into lab space, run some multicast labs. If it's enterprise focused, you know, it's a little simpler, but if it's service provider focused, like multicast VPNs and whatnot, it takes a little bit more time, but I like to do stuff like that so I can get back up to speed on these technologies. Keep it high level. It's not a low level exam. Keep it high level. Understand the why. We've harped on that. You have to understand the why. No device specific details required. We're not talking about this device or that device or any of that. We're not going to call out the models of devices. That's not the point of this exam again. It's a design exam. We're not selling anything type of exam. You do need to know the high level classification of devices and where they would fit, what they fit, what the roles are. So like firewalls and next gen firewalls, routers, switches, load balancers, etc web proxies like what are all these things and what they do and where would you see them and why would you put them in those locations from a design perspective that's what you need to know those are some good recommendations there some more recommendations take time to analyze the current environment right so i always i always like to take the first 15 20 minutes on the scenarios to really understand the current environment connect with that scenario don't overconnect with the scenario though. Don't spend 50 minutes trying to connect the scenario because then you're not going to have time to answer the questions. You know, 15, 20 minutes, read everything you can read, look at the diagrams, try to really understand and connect to what they're trying to do, what they're doing right now. And then from there, you should be able to answer those questions. And if it's not clear what you're looking at when those questions come in, then you might have missed something, which nine times in 10 is what happens. Nine times out of 10, it's what happens. You miss something in the text or in the scenario, you got to go back, you got to find it. And, and to this point, all necessary information is provided. It's, already, it's there. I promise you it is there. You just got to find it, right? So it's either in the scenario text, it's in the diagrams, it's in the situations. Don't make judgment calls. It's there somewhere. Make fact-based decisions, right? You found the information, you made a decision. Don't spend time visualizing configuration snippets. Again, this is not a configuration exam. We are not implementing anything here. We are not implementing anything. Imagine working for the business, right? So you're going to need to connect to that role. So really read the beginning of the scenario and figure out what your role is. If you're a consultant and you're coming in to help a company, then you're not a full-time employee in that company. Keep that in mind. If you're working for an enterprise, then you're not working for that service provider that you're using as you know a wide area network or a connectivity or whatever, internet access. Right. If you're working for a provider in like a large scale network situation, you know, you're not working for that, that enterprise customer now. Right. So you have less things that you can actually do because your role is different. Each scenario has resources and exhibits. It's going to have diagrams and figures and resources and charts and whatever they need to help you. One key thing here I want to emphasize and footstop. 
new resources and new information can be introduced with a question. So as you're reading these questions, again, the questions are linear. Question one, you answer it, you move on to question two. Question two, you answer it, you move on to question three. You cannot see question two or one again. So when you get to question three, they could bring some more information into that question that you're going to want to tuck away in your notes so that you don't forget that information. You're not going to see that information again. So if they come and say, hey, we went with MPLS because of this, 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 and this, well, you're going to want to make sure you understand that. They could bring a requirement in there. They can bring some additional resources or information in the question itself. Uh, You're going to consider all provided information before answering anything. All provided information before answering anything. And then also each scenario stands on its own, right? So you're going to go through scenario one. And then you're going to be done with scenario one, you move to scenario two. Nothing from scenario one is going to carry it over to scenario two. So this is actually one of the hardest parts, I feel like, of this entire process is you, as a candidate, have to disconnect yourself from that first scenario. So you have to find a way to be like, okay, scenario one's done. I am no longer working in this situation. Scenario two is new. I'm working in this in this situation. It's extremely hard, at least it was for me, to take away that, hey, I finished scenario one. Let me forget everything I just learned for the last two hours and did. And let me start with scenario two, a totally different scenario. And now I can't make decisions based on scenario one. I got to make decisions based on scenario two. That has been one of the hardest parts from my experience. And you do get partial scoring. We don't know what that is, but you do get partial scoring. So there's partial scoring, partial credit, et cetera, partial points for some questions and whatnot. What's next? We're going to do a couple more of these type of episodes, maybe some video episodes covering the CCDE version three, some examples, maybe some question examples, what you might see, what you might hear. Just give you an idea what's on the exam at a high level. It's not actually what's on the exam. I'm going to be clear. It's going to be what could be on the exam, just examples and stuff. But really, the CCD is a challenging certification. It's a change to how we think. And so that's probably the hardest, the hardest thing we can do in this entire world is change how we think about something. And so the CCD, the Cisco Certified Design Expert, and network design in general, we have to change how we think. We have to have that network design mindset and not an implementation mindset anymore. You have to understand the business. That's required. So you have to understand what business language is, business speak is. I'll give you some examples. What's TCO? Total cost of ownership. What's OPEX? What's CAPEX? What's a return on investment? What are all these things? What do they mean? If you're like, Zig, I don't know what this means. That you need to learn. Right? That's really what it comes down to. This is what you need to spend a lot of time on. The technology stuff is the easy things. Learning all about OSPF and EIGRP and BGP and whatever technology, put one into place, PXLAN, whatever, you can learn all that. Honestly, that's probably the easiest stuff for us to learn. What's hard to learn is the business stuff and, and understanding that, hey, we picked a VXLAN in the data center, but why did we pick VXLAN over FabricPath or Trill or, or Spanning Tree? Oh gosh, Spanning Tree. Why did we pick VXLAN over all these other options? And what's the implications to the business? What is the business getting because we picked VXLAN? That's what we have to do. And I kind of emphasize this, extend your mindset and skill set. My last thing I'll say is this is your chance to get your license to design. No joke. This is your chance to transition how you think and get your license to design. Obviously, I'm extremely passionate about the Cisco Certified Design Expert certification in any form, version two, version three, and in the future. If you have any questions, obviously, please reach out anytime. I'm here to help. I'll have all these links in the show notes for you to review, and you can reach out anytime. I'm happy to help guide you throughout this process. 
Hey friends, nerds, geeks, and ziglets, that's going to close out today's episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where we talked about, we highlighted, we didn't just talk about, we went down into the weeds, we went, we covered it down, the Cisco Certified Design Expert Version 3. We did it justice, my friends. I'm extremely passionate about this certification. If you if you have questions, reach out. Today's show notes will be at zigbits.tech slash 94. I will have every link I talked about today in the show notes for easy access to all the resources for the Cisco Certified Design Expert Certification, how to get it, where all the technology lists are, where the blueprint is, where the exam format is, where the unified exam list is. I mean, there's just so much resources out there today. I will have all those links in the show notes for you to consume. I have opened up the doors to my network design course called Designing Network Architectures, Ensuring Business Success. Hey, if you are interested to hear more about my course, or maybe you're just ready to enroll right now, you can visit zigbits.tech slash DNA. If you want to have live network design conversations right now, join the Zigbits Discord community. There are a ton of highly skilled experts ready to help you with your network design questions. Simply go to zigbits.tech discord to join. Once again, it's a 100% free community. Hey, if you like today's episode, let us know. You can find more Zigbit's network engineering, network design, and network architecture content, including technical podcasts, monthly webinars, YouTube videos, and a dedicated community on Discord. All of this, all of this content I just mentioned is 100% free content. Hey, you can find all of this and much more at zigbits.tech. You can follow us on Twitter at Zigbits, and you can find us on LinkedIn. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter, the Network Design Digest, filled with the best network design content in network engineering at zigbits.tech newsletter. As always, I appreciate you and thank you for listening. Hey, don't forget to attack your goals, attack the day, attack your life, and make progress, my friends. Until next time, bye for now.